Hello, and you are very welcome to Dan and Dara Doability. This is episode 57 on Dublin South FM. I'm Dara McNicholas. And I'm Dan Airy. Dan, how are you? Not too bad, not too bad. How are you? Good, I'm good. But you know what? I think we should um, maybe just take a little moment to let our listeners know who we are. Um, we've had a couple of episodes here on the go now on Dublin South FM. And we should probably tell them who we are. Absolutely, absolutely. So who are you? Who am I? Well, I uh, my name is Dan Airy. I'm 24 years old. I'm uh, I'm from Dublin. Um, I'm currently studying a master's in broadcast production uh, for television and radio in IEDT in Dunleary. I'm totally enjoying it. Um, and I have a condition called cerebral palsy. Uh, so I was born uh three months early a little bit a little bit too eager <laughs> and i'm darren mcnicholas and i um recently graduated uh from creative digital media uh at tu dublin and i'm not doing a master's uh because uh i actually had to go and get a job because i had been spending too much time uh doing nothing really apparently according to people in my house um i've set up my own little company uh, mcnicholas media and i look at small companies and help them with their digital presence online facebook Instagram websites that start to crack. But more importantly, this is Dan and Dara Doability, and we look at the ability in disability. I think that's the first mm-hmm. way of putting it, Dan. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it came from like um we you mentioned there uh the undergrad in creative digital media. We were working together on that same course. And I think the idea essentially came from uh, we were working as part of Radio Week for the Radio Society. And I remember us kind of uh, working together, trying to put a show together. And I remember you you stuck a note in the back of a notebook that said a podcast. And uh, I was kind of like, OK, what on? Because um, there's so many different topics that are going around. And I remember you said, disability and I was like okay sure and then I I think it kind of came from as long as it was a positive spin on it um and I think that's that's where essentially yeah I mean for me it was for me it was just looking at um I mean you know we're all going to come over a little undergrad there with our little piece of paper you know 30 or out of us in the class and we'll all have our little oh yeah look at me I've got my degree you know, so we needed a little bit more than that. That's the way I looked at it. So uh, I think it was a great opportunity to um, make mistakes and not put press the record button when you're in the middle of interviewing somebody. Uh, if you do it enough times, you, f- you remember um, not to do it, uh, which is kind of important. And it's great to uh, do that in a, in a sort of, in an environment where you're not going to lose your life uh, pretty much, actually. Um, and learn something yeah. at the same time, Dan, you know, about disability. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Yeah, so that, that's kind of how we got here. And you had, uh, Little Birdie tells me as well, Dan, that this week you've had the uh, first dose of the COVID vaccine. Yes, I have. Uh, I got it through the HSE and uh, got the first dose of the Pfizer uh, vaccine. And so far, so good. Uh, thankfully, no uh, side effects. Um, I kind of, the only real thing was a bit of a, a sore arm, uh, kind of like, 24 hours afterwards and I was kind of just uh given advice that you might get like headaches and you might feel a bit fluey kind of 20 24 to 48 hours afterwards but uh, I've been lucky enough and haven't 
had uh, much side effects. So it's uh, I'm back in 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 four weeks time. Okay, and where did you have to go to get it? Uh, Lapristown. Uh, the Laura, there's a Laurelin uh, Foundation in Lapristown that kind of um, doubling as a uh, a makeshift vac- vaccination center for a while. So. All right. Okay. Thank God it wasn't on the race course. Like you know, we just. You know, vaccine injections and, and, and a couple of horse tranquilizers or something. You know what I mean? It couldn't have been. Like, Dan, yeah, look, there he goes. He's in the final hurdle, final furlong there now, and he's coming to the final jump. And oh my God, he goes gone straight through. He hasn't even bothered jumping over it. And there he is. And it's just by ahead is Daniel Airy. To yeah. be honest, that, that does sound like something I would do, to be honest. Yeah, if you can get anywhere near it. So hopefully, Dan, yeah, you're not going to see any side effects. Uh, you know, I know we're a, we're a couple of days beyond it, uh, hopefully. And when the second one comes along, then you'll be able to just uh, get the hell out of the house. Yeah, no, absolutely. It, it's it kind of, it hit me straight afterwards. And it was kind of like, we've, we, we've been hearing so much on the news about like the vaccine rollout. And it has been slower than, you know, a lot of us, the majority of us would have wanted, you know. In fact, all of us, like, be surprised. And then just to kind of finally get to a stage where, you're actually going in and and getting it. it just it does inject you inject you um pardon the pun uh with with a sense of with a sense of hope going forward you know that you're kind of yeah it does but i i've i have to say now recently i flip-flopped on it uh the whole sort of kind of social social isolation and distancing and all that kind of crack i'm kind of going all right listen we've got the elderly kind of fairly boxed off now and you know a lot of the vulnerable people have been vaccinated uh right let's go let's just open it all up to hell and take our chances the rest of us you know mm-hmm. that's kind of part of me and that and sort of almost the frustration of the whole thing kind of going yeah right this let's go come on yeah i i can i can understand that and there there is part of me that would agree with you and then there's also part of me that says i just can't follow that do you know what i mean yeah as much as much as i would agree with you or as much as i might agree with you i'd I'd love for that to happen but i'm kind of like i just need to do what i need to do do you know oh no no absolutely and then i do too and uh like yeah you know i've seen um yeah i i think kind of uh i might have to go off and do sort of a course on um social skills and some sort of social skills course on how to deal with people um, when we do get back to actually, you know, how to have a conversation with somebody you've never met before, <laughs> you know, at the, side of, at the side of a football pitch or, you know, at a horse riding arena or something. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be very strange talking to people again, I think, that you don't yeah. know without a mask no. and you're going, oh, back it up there, bud. Uh, no, you're <laughs> just, uh, you're way too close to me. You know, um, please don't, don't, don't talk to me. No. Yeah, no, it, it's interesting that that we're we're talking on the lines because uh, over the past uh, number of weeks and months we have been talking about kind of uh like the want for a societal shift towards attitudes of, of people with disability post pandemic but then what you're saying there is just how is it going to change just generally hmm. outside of outside of disability and, and where are we where are we going to be uh say like a year from now in terms of like what are just general meetups going to look like like how, how quick is it going to be to like getting back to I don't think the standard in inverted commas is going to be 
standard anymore. Oh, Dan, I don't know. I Yeah, I, <laughs> I've talked about that a lot too. And even today, being out for a walk, you know, obviously we can, we're, we can go a little bit further now because we can travel within our county and that's great. So it's not the usual places that we've been going to. And I think, I think people are going to adjust very, very quickly. Um, I think they're going to get back to where we were very, very fast. I think people need that, but I, I don't think it's it, okay. It probably won't look the same. Uh, mm. I suspect there's going to be an awful lot less businesses out there yeah. for us to visit. But the one thing that did strike me about it was those places that you're going to go, are they going to be a, possibly more important? And B, are you less likely to go to those places that before you would have went, eh, it's all right? I kind of understand what you're Yeah, saying. I know. Sorry. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I put it down to a scone, Dan. Okay. okay. Right? You go out in the morning for a cup of tea and a scone somewhere. You're meeting somebody, a friend of yours, whatever. You're going out with your your, your, your partner, your ma, your dad, whatever. And you go somewhere and you go, right, listen, I'll have, oh, yeah, and I'll have a scone as well. And the scone comes out and you can get a really good scone. Right. Okay. Right. And then yeah. there's other days you can get a scone and it's like rubber. And you're kind <laughs> okay. of thinking, and you're kind of thinking to yourself, this lad, you know, that's about four euros there for a scone you're charging. And it's muck. And I think to some degree we put up with it. Uh-huh. I just have a funny feeling that uh, when I, but this is the point that, that, that in, in my head is like I'm not going to go to those places that give me the rubber scone because they don't deserve my service my few quid I mean that's apropos of absolutely nothing Dan I don't even know where I'm going with this now which is kind of funny in an unusual kind of way but it, it, it I think it, it does relate kind of in a, in a strange sense to like disability and like areas that you're going to go to that like are accessible and stuff like how accepting are we going to be of inaccessibility because so far we've been like in in my opinion like far too accepting of it yeah well i mean yeah are all these spaces going to fill up with tables again Mm -hmm. tables and chairs and uh are just kind of suddenly going to go right headcount let's go get them all in uh let's ram this place full of tables and chairs and we need to get our few shekels back and get our profits back up again and as many people in and out the door as we can and again is that going to be at the sufferance of people with uh disability or mobility issues or access issues and it's something that we have talked about a lot like I am optimistic that like there will be kind of people coming out of the pandemic being being more kind of conscious of, of what they're doing. The other side of me is going, nah, that's not going to work. Yeah, no, I'm 50-50 on it, Dan. Uh, and I think, funnily enough, I think that, that because you have gotten the vaccine now, right, you're mm-hmm. ahead of, you're an awful lot, you're ahead of an awful lot of people. Mm-hmm. Right, so I think it's almost incumbent on you to go out and be seen because for a long yes. time, and I, wh- how I equate that really is to we say the elderly, the the greys out there who were missing, right, along with the, the the disabled community for a long time, who were at home cocooning, not allowed out, were told to stay at home and did, and you know a, a lot more of them are alive, thank God, as a result of that. But now a lot of them, most of them, have been vaccinated and they're out. Mm. they're everywhere and there's no hiding the fact you know and i think i i almost kind of say listen people with a disability uh if you've had your vaccine get out the door get out now show yourselves this, show yourselves yeah. absolutely go and block yeah. up 
go and block up an island, Duns or Tesco's or Addy <laughs> or Lily or something. Get in the way. Just get out there. You know, get out into Marty Park. Whatever park is closer to you, get out there and get seen. Mm, mm, yeah. You know, remind people that you're actually there before they get the vaccine, before it becomes normal again. Yeah, yeah. But then at the same time, there is that issue of there are so many places that people with disability want to go to. Yeah, like everybody else, then. That they can't go to because of accessibility issues. Um, and that's, yeah, I, I don't know. That That's just, I, I saw something on, on that during the week and it kind of just hit me and it was like, yeah, do you know? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, big, big swing in whatever for uh, Dublin City Council when they said, oh, yeah, we're opening 13 public toilets in, 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 in town or, you know, whatever it was. We're going to open up the library toilets. We're going to open up city halls, toilets and stuff like that. And everyone's going, oh, yeah, it's great because anytime you're out, you know what I mean? You can't. There's nowhere to go for toilets, uh, you know, the kids and whatever and stuff. And I was kind of thinking to myself. Yeah, you know, here we go again. Uh, you're just looking at the life of a disabled person. Um, but however bad it was for me, uh, not that I was in town or anything like that, but, you know, kind of, going, oh, there's nowhere to go to the toilet. I'd say that's the challenge of the disabled community 99% of the time, no matter where you go. Yeah. Is yeah, there a toilet? Absolutely. Never mind, is there an accessible toilet? And I wonder how many of those toilets that were open have are accessible. It's a good question on that. I might ask that question to somebody. I might ring up somebody and go, hello, could you tell me how many of those toilets are disability are, 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 are accessible? Right, note mm. to self, I go and check that. We're rambling on about Disability Dan, a new history. We're into episode nine uh, yeah. of the BBC series. This one is Brave Poor Things. Children with yeah. disabilities in the 19th century. Uh, and very interesting title to put it uh in a diplomatic sense, there was very much a kind of a religious influence at the time. Uh, so children were told that God had given them their conditions and that they would be rewarded in the next life. All right. So um, they're very much seen as a propaganda tool. And it was very much um like around advertising and things like that like it was portrayed as if it wasn't as bad as it actually was hmm. a lot of the time yeah and i suppose kind of one of the points he made like there was uh the, the, the children's voices weren't really obviously going to be heard hmm. a lot of the stuff that was written was written uh religious orders or uh communities in the voice of a child um, kind of saying this is little Johnny and he's nine or whatever rather it's actually Barry and he's 27 yeah and you see that that's the thing what influences that have on society they're listening to those voices and not hearing much if if, if you get what I mean in terms of like they're they're listening to this and they're not seeing the reality of it of like how difficult it is and charities at the time were kind of set up as a kind of way to like save the children in inverted commas and it was almost like there was almost a an air of like one of one of the um one of the mottos of of a charity uh called the brave poor thing charity was um 
it was a, a motto in Latin that translates to happy with my lot, which is essentially like people were happy to be disabled. Uh, which is, yes, I'm very happy with the life I live. No, that's good. That's good. That's good. Good. So there's nothing wrong with it then. That's fine. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. But uh, I'm very, I'm very, very helpful. Very, very happy and very, very grateful for the life I live. Uh, but that does not mean that there are times that I turn around and I'm like, God, this is hard and I wish it was kind of, do you know? Mm. There are those times. Yeah, but the kind of, the, the whole infanticide uh, sort of element of it kind of left me a bit cold. Um, you know, if you're born deaf or blind, they didn't catch on to it very, very quickly. So you had a good chance of living. That's, I think that's why they were saying they were seeing a lot more deaf and blind people or older children. But if you were born with any sort of deformity at all, there was a good chance you weren't going to make it out of room. Yeah, absolutely. Which you were into the quite, yeah, you were into the basin of water under the bed. Yeah, um, quite jarring, if I'm honest. Yeah, it did. Uh, it kind of left me kind of going, "Wow, uh, you know." I think we did we did talk about eugenics uh, some time back. Yeah, you know that's not too far off it really. Uh, well, okay, yeah. It's probably far off eugenics, but I mean, it's taking a look at something and, and, and taking a quick look or a hard look and going, right, that's not it. Which one of these is not like the other? Uh, and it kind of it, it kind of takes it back to like putting the the time and effort in. Like I, I look at my own situation and when I was born, like the the things that doctors taught my parents, like if, if they'd have accepted that and... Uh, we you wouldn't know, have this. We wouldn't have this award-winning podcast, then. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Like I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be where I am. Um, and it, it's it's one of those things that it's like there's a difference between being happy with being disabled, which is what I, which was what I noticed, and accepting the your condition. I suppose. Mm, yeah. And I suppose I've gotten. I'm very lucky in that I've gotten to that that uh that stage but i think when i look back at uh when i listen back to 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 this podcast it was kind of like yes they were apparently happy in inverted commas but were did they accept their their conditions or, or were they fully aware of what it actually meant hmm. and i i don't think that was the case i don't know about you but no i don't i don't think so dan i don't think it's yeah the <laughs> God, you know, rough, rough growing up in the 19th century. Uh, mm. I mean, if you managed to get out of a room after your birth, I think you, you, you had a head start of some sort, if yeah. you were lucky. Now, you also gave me some homework to do um, in the form of a movie. Yes. Come As You Are, 2019 movie, based on the Belgian movie from 2011, called Hasta la Vista. Interesting. Yeah. The interesting. interesting. There you go. Listen, I've done my homework, Dan. Right? <laughs> Boom, I've done my homework. And I just like, we. I, I'm going to warn everybody, okay? Uh, yes, there are uh, spoiler alerts here, oh, left, right, and center. Uh, we are going to discuss this movie uh, in some depth for, for, for many different reasons, actually. Uh, and I have to say that when I watched this, um, I had no idea what it was about. Right. Other, other than there was a certain amount of uh, disability uh, slant attached to it. Yes, okay. okay. So I was kind of going, oh my God, here we go. Right, uh, just another, another disabled movie. But I have to say, I really enjoyed this one. As did I, yeah. 
as did I, I think it, it, it touched on a lot of what we've been talking about and a lot of what like disability topics you hear an awful lot about like language like um language and attitudes in particular but then uh particularly in relation to sexuality purely because it was about it's about uh these three uh disabled men who are three friends and they uh go on a secret road trip to try and find a uh, brothel uh, that uh, caters to, to people with disabilities. Yeah, so they're crossing eight states to get there and uh, the border as well to get into Canada because this place is in uh, Montreal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have Scotty, Mo, and Matt. And then um, Sam, Sam is their uh, nurse who they hire on the way um, to get them there as in their handy van as they call it. And again, mm-hmm. you know, we are balking at the word handicap going, oh no, you can't say that. But handy van really does cover it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it does. I, I, I just thought like we talk about positive representations of people with disabilities, not even necessarily positive, but accurate, right? Yeah. I, I, I don't know about you, but I feel like this was an accurate representation of what people with disabilities are actually like um and kind of it 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 captures the the personalities above everything else of somebody with a disability and and the fact that you know somebody with a disability can be a bit of a douche (laughs) you know they're not like these like angelic like we were talking about what was it um craterism before and kind of oh aren't you great and all that kind of thing there's no hint to that whatsoever no there's not a whiff off it it is um and i just thought it was brilliant film yeah so you're talking i mean this is a road trip movie in in the classic sense a bit of Mm -hmm. a a bit of a bro movie as well for the lads uh, type thing. But now, and I have to say, Dan, I didn't realise this until after the movie and after I've had a chance to kind of look into it a little bit more, that uh, our three uh, main actors here are all able-bodied. Right. Okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, here we go. Uh, And I kind of, like I said, I didn't know what I was watching when I watched it. And I I watched it with an open open mind. And I thought, Scotty, who's played by uh, Grant Rosenmeyer, I thought he nailed it. He's the the uh, individual who does an a hole, um, <laughs> you know, and he nailed it. He absolutely, to, to me now, absolutely nailed his character mm-hmm. in his mm-hmm. wheelchair, his, his electronic wheelchair, and how he was dealing with his mother, and how he was interacting with the world. And I mean, it's this crazy idea to uh, get everybody to go to <coughs> this place in Montreal. Um, and try to lose his virginity effectively, you know. And then Mo, who is the the, the blind guy, uh, is played by uh, is Ravi Patel. And uh, okay, granted, I was watching this on the phone, uh, and it's a small screen. He looked familiar, but I didn't know why. Okay. Um, he did a good job about being blind, you know. As it comes to acting, I have to give these guys, yeah, uh, top credit. And then Matt, who was biceps, is played by Hayden uh, Zeto. Well, I'm gonna have to probably pronounce that. Uh, incorrectly and just kind of get away with it. Again, all able-bodied. Mm-hmm. You know, this does go back to 
one of our very very earliest podcasts, uh, which you can catch online on Anchor if you want, or anywhere else you get a podcast, uh, mm-hmm. where we were talking to Paddy Slattery, the um, director, and we had the conversation about everybody people playing the parts of disabled people. Yes, yeah, and I essentially uh, because that I I felt was an accurate depiction. If I'm honest, I I I don't really mind. My my problem is whether or not it's accurate, and I th- I think we've had so many years and so many films of either people with disabilities not being represented at all at times, or people with disabilities not being represented in an accurate sense, and then it comes back to, oh well, is it does it come down to people with disabilities making content and in my opinion yes there is that but it's as simple as those representations being accurate depictions whether they are able-bodied actors or not that that's my main takeaway from i I don't know whether whether you'd agree with me on that or not well like like i said i mean i watched it with an open mind so i you know it wasn't like it was kind of well there's three everybody people playing the, the part of, you know, person with disability. God, I hope to get it right. You know, I didn't know who these guys were in the first place. So uh, from, mm. from my point of view, they nailed it. They did, they did an excellent job. I can't criticize them for that. So yeah, in that respect, brilliant. I think the movie itself was was brilliant. I think yeah. it had a fantastic storyline to it. Um, mm. You know, here's three guys who are uh, trying to uh, effectively lose their virginity. Mm. who feel both to some degree that their disability is holding them back, uh, especially in the case of Scotty, that he doesn't feel like he's going to be in a position to find love because yeah. of his disability. So he's kind of coming up with this sort of hairband crazy idea to go and sort it out. So he enlists his uh, his two friends to go and, and, and do it with him. And I, I think there was kind of a lot of areas in that, in that film where I did relate to a lot of kind of the uh, issues. Sorry, have you tried to go to the north, have you, Dan? Have you tried to get across eight, the eight counties of Ireland heading for somewhere in Belfast to get your... <clears throat> anyway, no? <laughs> <laughs> not, not, so much, not so much from 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 that sense, no. But more, uh, there was a particular situation whereby... Um, they were talking to a police officer and he says like my brother-in-law's cousin or something has uh down syndrome i think it was yeah and he he was like so i know yeah i understand uh, yeah so i know or i understand the three of them are kind of just looking at him going uh no (laughs) <laughs> no you don't yeah um, very much but how they how they ended up in that situation talking to the police officer was in itself just a piece of class yes yeah yeah absolutely uh, um, having, having the blind guy drive the bus um, you know I think you, you definitely have to go and watch this movie but I think there was other parts in it as well Dan where um, you were looking at, at, at three guys here who uh, never really went anywhere yeah and it was really very much kind of railing against their families and yeah. their, their situation. 
and you know not mm-hmm. maybe the frustration of, of their disability to some degree as well yeah absolutely um and very much kind of uh and uh fighting against isolation and kind of coming back to craterism again i loved you know yeah uh, or or maybe not craterism but definitely protectionism is like we want to keep you safe which is which is perfectly valid yeah absolutely and i mean i think i think yeah, to, to go back to Scotty again, I suppose, is the conversation he has with his mother after they catch up with him. Mm. Uh, you know, he kind of explodes a little bit and tells her a few truths. And yeah. you can you can almost see kind of the heartbreak on her to some degree, you know, that she's only trying to do the best that she can. Mm. And mm. that's just the way it's always been. It's kind of one of those things where you look at it and you kind of... I think from her perspective, she's looking at him and she's seeing the innocence just disappear from them yeah in front of her eyes you know and it's kind of like oh okay <laughs> but yeah and i i think that is something like from a personal perspective without wanting to get too personal like there are a lot of simple things that i would be scared of um i, I suppose from like just kind of worrying about about consequences and things maybe that's um a mix of being naive or not putting myself in in situations enough but it it was definitely something that I related to kind of um you know around around the fear of things and the fear of like oh what happens if if this happens or what happens if that happens you know um and I think it was great because it showed them going through with it and like the positive outcome that that can come out of that as a result of kind of pushing past your fears, which is incredibly cliche, yes. Yeah, no, absolutely, definitely, uh, definitely cliche. Uh, but you know, is that not life in itself? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I would think. And I, I, I think that comes back to the fact that like people with disabilities are people before they're anything else they're just you know they just live life differently mm. so then i think that's a, a fairly decent way to um wrap up episode uh 57 of dan and dara doability here on dublin south fm i've been dara mcnicholas and i'm dan airy and we'll talk to you soon <laughs>